Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and of the automotive social media world. You join me, your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. We are here in Dublin as part of our Irish adventure with Quick Fit. This is actually my hotel room. This is your room. Sweet. You've done well, mate. These Hello. Rooms are nice. We got a free upgrade. Right. We got a free upgrade. Yeah, we did get just, a free upgrade. I booked the cheapest room. They felt sorry for us because we turned up in really nice cars. They went, they must have booked the wrong room. We must upgrade <laughs> Was it the cars. We can't let them have a cupboard. So, uh, so we've ended Was it up, the cars? I assume so. I don't know. He said, it's your first time here. You can't go in the room which you've booked. That's definitely not right. So we'll put you in an apartment suite. So Tony and I have uh, dual apartments, which I think is very nice. You've we, got stairs, though. We could have done this on a sofa bit formal here isn't it yeah but formal is good because we okay. have to be upright by the thing anyway we are we are this is the um this is the moving podcast recording package so apologies for any sort of uh, audio issues um i try and keep this as compact as possible when we're on the road uh, and it is good to be on the road isn't it we Absolutely. are having a good time yeah, hopefully yeah. by now you would have seen some of the videos over across on the main channel um i can't predict time travel enough or, or predict the future enough to know what's been out and what's coming out but uh, as i say if you haven't seen any of those please head over to youtube.com forward slash seen through glass and check out the Irish adventures. Um, if you're joining us here on YouTube for the very first time, hello. This is what we look like. What's going hello. on? Yeah, nice, nice to meet you. It's the second um, time I've waved. Yeah, <laughs> just keep waving. <laughs> uh, please hit subscribe and turn on notifications for our usually weekly uploads. Apologies uh, for last week. Those of you who are expecting the episode, I had some uh, some issues contractually with uh, <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with my with my last guest, who's asked me to hold the podcast while he rectifies a few things that we spoke about. That is coming soon, but yeah, it meant we skipped an episode. Um, as so if you are listening to us uh, hello or welcome back uh, again follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on as well for our weekly episodes today's episode is themed all around one thing supercars and specifically supercars for 250,000 pounds I think a very relatable budget <laughs> Well, I think I think that's what you need for a supercar now. I think that's what they are. I think that's what we're going to get into essentially. Yeah, yeah. Is the the if you're really looking for a big hitter supercar, a proper supercar that is mind bending speed, is the car manufacturer's flagship car. You're probably looking at two hundred fifty thousand pounds, and we're going to get into the um, sort of exact details of that. But the reason that that is the theme is we are fresh, or I am fresh off the back of my trip to Monaco in a McLaren 720S. 
We need to talk about that. Let's talk about it. Um, again, any of you who are subscribed to the main channel, apologies, because that trip kind of suddenly ended short. I'd be like, guys, tonight I'm off to Monaco. And then I never uploaded again, like I'd <laughs> fallen off a cliff into the sea in Monaco. That's basically what happened. Like you'd got ill or something. I literally did. <laughs> um, I got horrific food poisoning. I mean, we, we think it's food poisoning, but it got so bad. I even went, I got in an ambulance. I went to hospital. <laughs> I vomited all over a hospital. Came out. I don't speak much French. And there was someone, I was like, oh, je, je suis très, très désolé. Uh, je suis malade everywhere. Because I thought, I thought I was saying I am sick, but apparently I was saying I'm a duck. Like it was all a disaster. Um, I shouldn't laugh because you were ill. It was, was so hilarious. bad. And it ruined my whole weekend. And essentially, I didn't have the energy or the time to create and upload another video because if you don't know, the Monaco well Monaco shuts down during the Grand Prix weekend, obviously because there are Formula One cars. Was you on your own there? It. Sorry, was you on your own there? No, no, Monaco? I have my girlfriend with me as well. Thank oh, God, because otherwise I honestly could have died. So she did save me. <laughs> um, but I did manage to to get out and see a few cars. I'm going to overlay some B-roll now for those of you watching on YouTube. Um, the very controversial LaFerrari. Did you see this? The the, the was it like camouflage? camouflage. Yeah, what I did you think? It. Weird. Not your thing? No. Yours? Would you, well, uh, you know I like a sort of tacky Halford spec car and you, I like personalization. It's not what I would do with a LaFerrari, but I, I, I applaud people who personalize their cars. It is exactly what Paul Wallace and Archie Hamilton would do to a LaFerrari. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's very YouTube. <laughs> very it's very YouTube. YouTube. I feel like yeah, somebody yeah, did it just yeah. for a title somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I saw that. I saw my first Huracan Performante Spider. And yeah. That's a car I want to talk about in the 250 grand okay. um, section. But you I saw that one. at Geneva. Well, no, you earned, you earned the Spider. I earned the Coupe. You earned the Coupe. Very different car, mate. Very different. Yeah. What did you. Because you saw the Spider at Geneva. Thoughts? Not for me. I remember you saying this. Um, mainly because it hasn't got roof and it's a track car. I've said it before, but... Yeah, it's just it, not a kind of thing, is it? doesn't make sense. What was the last convertible... Oh, no, 488 Spider. So you do like a convertible. Yeah, yeah, but the 488's got a hard top. And the same with the 458 Aperta, speciale. Aperta. <laughs> That's on your list, is it? No. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I mean is, is that people say, oh, well, what about that then? But it's got a hard top. So cool. it's a bit more rigid. Because... That's a track car as well, right? Fair enough. So if the Huracan Purple Mantis Spider had a hard top, would you consider it a little bit more? No, because there's no headroom. <laughs> Even for me, and I'm like five foot ten. You just don't like I that mean, you can't really get in, do. can you? No, I can't get in Huracan Spiders. <laughs> I, can't. Well, I have to have the roof down, because otherwise I, I, I have to lean down so much my back hurts. And when I have the roof down, I sit up normally, and I'm looking at the bar of the windscreen, yeah, so I yeah. can't see anything. So yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, Huracan Spiders are... So I said, uh, um, I said at Geneva... Um, uh, Virgin Vehicle Virgins Yes Parker, Parker. Perfect for him Yeah it's Lives an in LA. LA car It's a perfect car Always have the roof For down. UK Yeah because you wouldn't put it up There we go In this country Not, not so it. good No no um, A few other very nice cars Cruising around But yes apologies That I didn't manage To get another video out From that trip But a very successful trip And a bit of an eye opening trip With the 720S um, I, I haven't fallen in love with it I haven't completely uh, Rethought the car I stand by everything I said uh, on the original launch press drive I did over a year ago now. Um, but I've understood the car a little better. I You've think not changed your mind, though. I've not changed my no, mind, no. but the thing is I had such high expectations for that car when it launched. It had been described to me in the wrong way. People who were telling me, 
you know, people that knew were telling me that it's really like a P1 almost replacement or an LT replacement. It's super hardcore, super lightweight, <laughs> redefining the whole space. I was expecting this kind of track-focused weapon. And whilst it is one of the quickest tr- cars I've ever driven on the road, it's also a very good GT car. And that's what yeah. it's supposed to be. So when I first got into it, I was like, oh, this is too soft and boring. And the launch car had all that glass roof thing. And I was like, I don't understand this. The car I had from Monaco was heavily carbonized, uh, very sort of, you know, racy spec, um, drove it on smooth roads. And, and I, I got it. I, I, I got it, it's, but it's still not for me. It was actually quite a nice color as well. I loved, yeah, the, again, yeah. Halford spec. I loved it. I didn't like the wheels, but I liked the, I liked the color and the carbon. If, um, if you were to spec a 720S, because you did very nearly order one. Uh, what I, sp- I did order one. You did order one. Oh, then you cancelled. Uh, cancelled it. Yeah. What do you remember? What spec you went for? Uh, I didn't get to that point because okay. I cancelled it before. Because originally they had those sort of launch specs, didn't they? Which were all a little boring. Yeah, funny three or four colours, right? Yes. Yeah. But would you go for a sort of? I mean, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you answer it anyway. Would you go for the Comfort GT stuff with the with the P1 glass roof and all the comfort bits, or would you go full on race car? performance race yeah, car yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah i mean it needs it it's yeah, so yeah. quick it needs the bucket seats yeah. and the carbon and everything like that and, and it it all came together um and so i'm really glad i had that opportunity but the reason that we're doing this podcast with this theme is because it kind of got my brain whirring a bit i was in this car that was unbelievably quick but it wasn't a car that i was falling in love with and i made a comment in one of my videos that i think being on that road at that time I probably would have been going as fast and maybe having a better time in a 488, a Performante, a GT3. Uh, you know, there's so many cars because on the public road, most of these cars now are as quick as each other. Like we all argue about Nurburgring lap times and 700 horsepower and 800 horsepower and 0 to 16 2.8 and 0 to 16 3.1. But fundamentally on an average road, they're all as good as each other. With an average driver, essentially. If you, because nowadays, I think supercars are too good for the people that own them in terms of driving. Okay. As a, as me and you would never exploit the capabilities capabilities of a supercar. I think a uh, Formula One driver, of course they would, but we won't. But I also think these cars are so good and so capable and so advanced that you you can't extract it on a public road anyway. No, that's right. You know, when you've got active aerodynamics. (laughs) I mean, how many times are you activating the active aerodynamics on a public road because you've got to go stupidly fast to go around stupidly the fast yeah, around yeah, the corners yeah. like, and it's getting dangerous and it's mm-hmm. getting silly and don't get me wrong you can get huge enjoyment out of these cars at any speeds mm. but my point being that there's a certain level now of supercar which i think all do a similar job and it comes down to personal taste yeah. and preference into what makes your heart tick and we're all different right this is kind of what we're all here for we're all different all got different opinions and recently you took part in the supercar driver drag shootout head-to-head yeah um on an airstrip with a whole load of these supercars that we're talking about so the video has not been released yet. oh, so I oh no okay well we can't say too much so, so, oh okay that was yeah i don't think it's been no released, yeah we've screwed yeah have, okay. we, have we ruined didn't, our life yeah didn't realize that yeah i thought we could talk but about it oh. <laughs> do we know when this goes out this goes out on Sunday. This Sunday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Tony. I wish you'd told me that before. I just realised. I, I haven't seen Sorry, the video Supercar yet. driver, guys. Don't worry. We're not going to ruin your results. <laughs> um, that's okay. We can, we can uh, freestyle ad lib. 
Um, okay, but talk to me, Tony. I've been battering on for way too long now. Um, what are your thoughts? Because you have been lucky enough to see supercars come and go. Uh, the prices increase. The performance increase. Do you feel the same way now? Do you feel like there's a sort of plateau of capabilities? Or do you still feel like there are a few shining stars within the supercar lineup? Yeah, so I don't think that supercars actually need to get any faster. I think they need to concentrate on getting that power on the road now. 650, 700 horsepower is too much. You don't need that that much speed. Um, you know I'd done a trip down to Devon last weekend in the GC3 RS. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. So... Uh, we all know that's only 500 horsepower, naturally aspirated, but it's light and it's got so much grip and so much downforce, um, and nothing would get near. Nothing got near me. Nothing. No, nothing. So it doesn't matter about sheer horsepower on the road. That's more than fast enough. Well, take the Mila Milia for example. When we were chasing an 812 super fast in a Julia Quadrifoglio. So we're talking about a £250,000, if not £300,000 car with 800 horsepower versus a £50,000 car with four, 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 five, 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 ten. Five, ten. Yeah, yeah. 500-odd. <laughs> Google that later. <laughs> no, it's about 5'10". Okay. I had one, you know. I know, I remember. We filmed it. <laughs> we picked sure. it up. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, about 510 horsepower. Uh, and don't get me wrong... Jonathan Benson, tire reviews, was driving the tits off the Julia, but that A12 wasn't getting away from us. It won't on the road. It won't. Because you can only go a certain amount of speed on You the can road. only go so That's fast. Right. And and I think I'm with you where the concentration, the focus needs to be on getting the power down through the corners, but also emotion. Yeah. Because the, the, the sort of faster these cars become, almost the less emotion that they seem to have. Well, that's the 720s problem. That's definitely the 720s problem. Is yep. that you can be going as quick as you can. You you like the you can be going. In, sorry, I, you went to the gym. Yes, sorry, sorry. Yes, I did. I won press up before He's this worn out. podcast. I'm gonna pass out on his um, Not again. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, you can be going as quick as anything else on the road. But it doesn't necessarily give you that heartfelt emotion. And I'm gonna bang on here about my. 360 modern, <laughs> that that's fast enough as well. For oh you, my but god! But like, the, oh, the experience I get from that, the and engagement. I couldn't keep up with the 720 if my life depended on it. If there was a gun to my mum's head and they said, "Keep up with the 720," sorry, mum, you're dead. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not going to happen. But I'm going to have a huge smile on my face, yeah, not yeah. because my mum's dead, but but the, from the <laughs> 360. I love you, mum. 360, you know, she experience. Watch? I. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. Hello, mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So it's very bizarre. What of your current lineup? You arguably have three at the moment of the the best. I think supercars out on the market. One, yeah, three of one of the nine eleven GT three RS. Yeah. AMG GTR. Yeah. And Huracan Performante. Yeah. I would say the Performante and the GT three RS are, are big, big hitters. Yeah. Which of those? Like, how do they speak to you? What What do you like about those cars? What What stands out about so them? So certainly for Nurburg track times, they are the two big hitters, uh, barring the GC2 RS. It's them two next. Sure. So, and um, the AMG GTR is not far behind. It's not that far behind. It's for Nurburgring. Yeah, it's ten seconds behind the GC3 RS, but on a seven minute lap, that that's not a lot. It's not a lot at all. It's not a lot. Not at all. a lot at all. Um. The difference between the Performante and the GC3 RS, the Performante looks after you a bit more. It's more electrical grip, I would say. So all the systems and the four-wheel drive, it all looks after you. The GC3 RS is pure mechanical, old-fashioned 
grip. Okay. And when you consider that them two cars, if you just compare them quickly, the GC3 RS goes around five seconds slower around the Nürburgring than the Performante. Sure. Uh, again, we're at a seven-minute lap, so that five seconds yeah, isn't yeah, a lot anyway. Yeah, around a normal track comes down to tenths. It comes down to tenths. The GC3 RS is 120 horsepower down okay. on the Performante. Yeah. They're both very similar in weight, and the Performante has more torque. Sure. So, and the RS probably has more drag, doesn't it, with that wing? Uh, yeah, up in the speeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the Nurbo's all about corners, right? 100-odd sure, corners. Sure, So that just goes to show how impressive the GC3 RS is. I... Th- I I think as a car, it's it's better than the Performante. The slight disclaimer I'm going to put in here is that Tony is madly obsessed and in love with his GT3 RS to the point Mate, where... it's the best car I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will admit it's very good. But I just want to be honest and open with my audience that this is going to be quite a biased interview. <laughs> and I do feel like the answer to most of our points is going to be GT3 RS! No, GT3 RS! Would you pick a left Ferrari or a GT3? GT3 RS! <laughs> it used to be 488. Yeah, well, okay, so look, where does the 488 then play into that? Because pricing-wise, again, if you were to go out now and try and buy a 488, you've either got to order one from factory when you're going to be going over 200 grand, or for a decent one, again, you're going to be looking over 200 grand. So that's another big hitter. And theoretically, price-wise, competes with those two cars. Yeah, yeah. Where does it fit in? Because that's a much softer, not necessarily track-focused Ferrari. Yeah, so... Um, well, obviously, I just sold my four eight eight, but I didn't. I didn't want to. I sold it because I'd got to a a time and a mileage where it had to go. A dangerous t- tipping point. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, people would often ask me if I had to sell the Performante of the four eight eight, which one would you sell? And I would sell the Performante because I just like the I like the four eight eight. Like I'd, what it does. I just I it, it it was just so good at everything of what it did. Okay, it's not quite as fast around the Nurburgring as a Purple Mountain. It wouldn't be as fast around a track, but it's not a track car. And also, I think this is the this is sort of my feeling and my point. Obviously, I'm not in a position to be buying these cars, and I only ha- I'm only lucky enough to get behind the wheel when very generous people like Tony are uh, given the opportunity to do so. So my my opinions and feelings are a bit different. But I think this is what it comes down to. It's not now about the quickest. No. Because because they're all so quick, they're all you know they're all Nurburgring tacklers. It's about what works for you and how they make you feel and how they make you feel. And I think that's what the manufacturers need to focus in yeah. on a bit more and forget chasing endless horsepower. Because for example, what is the eight twelve super fast super super fast going to be? Do you know what I mean? Like like the like the TDF. Because we don't need more power. I, I mean, I, I, did 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 the standard F twelve any need any, no. need any more power? No. What was wrong? I mean, even Jeremy Clarkson, didn't he? He said, this is a bit too fast. It's a bit too quick. So, and it's unlike him to say stuff like that. And that's the thing is, is uh, it's weird because don't get me wrong, F12 TDF, amazing car, 812. One my of our f- favourite. A12 is my favourite car. Like, give me a million pounds, that's the car I go and buy tomorrow. Would you? 812, hands down, straight away. Not an 812. Oh, 812. Sorry, 812. 812. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, not F12. No. <laughs> F12, I just love them. But, uh, <laughs> 812. Is, I haven't driven an 812 Mate, that's the car. Honestly, uh, okay, Change that uh, question. If I could buy any car from new right now, now. that would be the first car I'd go and order. 
Um, but you can't order them, mate. Sold out. No, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I have asked. <laughs> I got turned down quite quickly. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, let me let you fanboy a little bit uh, and talk about this GT3 RS because uh, we both had the amazing opportunity to drive it here in Ireland this weekend. Um, and I have definitely fallen in love with it. And I think I fell in love with it the, the first time I turned the key and drove 10 meters down the road. Um, I'm starting to understand why you're so obsessed with it as well. Now, the biggest thing for me is I feel like that car punches above it, above its weight. Much too much. Much too much. It, what is it about that car that you love so, so much? Just, it, it's just perfect. Like, I just, it, it's, it, it's just incredible. Like, I can't, words can't. Can I be a devil's advocate? Go on. It's just a Porsche. It's a 911, mate. But it's not. You know, we was talking about feel okay. and, and how a car makes you feel. That's the most important thing, right? The, the GC3 RS does that. Now, do you think a big part of that is the sound? Yep, the titanium exhaust will help. Also, just the engine, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. a naturally aspirated, that's a 4 litre in there, isn't it? 9,000 revs. 9,000 RPM on a flat six? Flat six. Flat six. Yeah. It's unbelievable because usually for me, the best sound of any car is outside. Yeah. <laughs> when it drives off. And sometimes, like, Carrera GT is a prime example. The first time I got in a Carrera GT with Alejandro Salomon. <laughs> Poor you. Oh, I know. What an awful day that was. <laughs> um, I was shocked at how different it sounds inside. It's very mechanical inside. Yeah. You don't get any of that. Um, that was my Carrera GT impression. <laughs> Thank you. If you want it as a ringtone, let me know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, the, the GT3 RS sounds incredible inside that engine just sings and you know when you get it up in the revs mm -hmm. the the car like nearly shakes you can like almost you can like, you can fit it's like a live hashtag because race car now before you picked up the gt3 selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
RS, your wet dream was a GT2 RS. Yeah. It's a car that you salivated over and aggressively it pursued. It still is. But, okay, so I wonder, I wonder if you drove it, because it's turbocharged, would you still, like, I think the 3RS is more you. Quite possibly, because the way they're set up, they're, the, the grip levels, they're the same. Mm. It's literally the GC2 RS got more power. Mm. It's as simple as that. Everything else, sorry, I touched your leg. <laughs> you did touch my leg. That was like a you? clue. Was like, that was great. <laughs> Special moment. Carry on. Um, yeah. So the the grip levels and the way it feels, I would I would think they're very similar because mm. they are very similar in the way set, they're set up, apart from the engine. Um, so I it's a faster version of what I've got in a straight line, though, right? And yeah. out of out of corners, but 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 what is it out of corners? Because how fast could you actually go into a corner? I mean, I'm just thinking about the immediate torque of a turbo, yeah, pushing may- you pushing you out a bit, maybe. But but this is the thing is I I feel like how, now having ex- I've never experienced GT2 RS, so no. I can't speak from experience, no, and I know I've you haven't either. I've been but, with one. I spent some time with one in. Scotland yes you, you did absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's the thing is I can't see how it's going to be better than a 3RS given that it's turboed and then you're not going to get that same sound which I think is such a such a big part of the 3RS and it's 90 grand more there you go as well which is a chunk of money however if I was offered one in a heartbeat yeah, I would have one. yeah I mean I think we, we anyone anyone with a 2RS who is willing to let Tony and I Please. Just drive it for a day or half. To be honest, I have been speaking to Porsche. Really? I have. But as you can imagine, they're pretty protective over the 2RS. And I've heard that you need to have a Porsche representative in the car with you at all times. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. on test drive. But that's all right. We can... I mean, technically, I am a Porsche representative. Yeah. I've had millions of them. <laughs> you literally are a Porsche representative. <laughs> and I am too now. I own a kid. <laughs> um, don't think we qualify. Um, but yeah, if any private owners out there and are mad enough to let Tony and I experience your car... Uh, for a video, we would pay you in um, sweets, sweets, yeah, Haribo, chocolate clairs, whatever you originals, want. whatever yeah, you name yeah. your sweet, we are there. So yeah, mm. I want to ask you if you had two hundred fifty grand today. Let's pretend I gave you two hundred fifty grand, and you've already got the cars that you have. Good, I'm glad you said that. What two cars? You can not both, but one or the other. Would you look to go and buy? GC2RS. <laughs> okay, well, hold on a sec. I'm going to stop you there because that's one of those cars, like all the Porsches, oh, if you could get one. Yeah, because you're, right. you're not getting one on the used market no, for 250 no, grand. You're right. What are they? Uh, actually, if you get offered one from factory, what are they? 180? No, no, no. They're, they are 240, 250. GC2RS. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, GT, GT3RS. Mine was 161. Okay. The GT2RS specs they're 240 oh wow i didn't realize they were so yeah, much no, 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 oh are. wow okay so from factory you'd only just get <clears> one anyway but they're not so much because that's how much my performance was mate yeah oh no no as in we're going to get onto the fact that i think the 3rs price corrected on the market at 250 grand as they are is correct that that's, is how much that's cars, what it's worth that's what it's worth yeah if yeah. you look at where it competes in yeah, the market yeah. but I just thought the two hours, given all the other Porsches, were going to be a bit, was going to be a bit cheaper. I just I don't, I don't know why because okay. they just are back value for money, aren't they? Fantastic value for money. Okay, so so let's pretend you can get a two RS slot. I'll give you that as one of your cars. Let's pretend you can't get a two RS slot. What's your other car? 
I'm fairly stuck, and I'll tell you why, because the other two I've got. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, such a rich baller. So, so uh, it's got to be a 48 Spider. 48 Spider? Got to be. Get one back? Be- yeah, because I, I, I didn't want to sell the one I had. Fair, because they're brilliant. Because they're brilliant. I mean, the only thing is, being on the Mila Mila, being around 3,000 48 Spiders, I kind of went off them a bit, because everyone was driving them like, pussies. <laughs> But I still... I that mean, car is so good. I, I'm, I still love that car now. Yeah. And I had so many nice miles in it. I, you know, I've done two or three really good road trips in it. Underappreciated that car. So underappreciated. So underappreciated. And I, I have a theory. Why. I know oh, why. Please, I know why. Go. Because when it was launched, yeah. if you remember, there was no Top Gear. Okay. There was no Fifth Gear. No one really... Reviewed it. Reviewed it. Really? No. That could be a good point. It, I'm, it, I'm right. Yeah. I've only ever been wrong once or twice ever in, in my your life. whole life. In my life, are you sure? Yeah, hundred mm. percent. No, I can remember a few times. No, you can yeah. remember once or twice. They were them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, and then there you get the. It's turbo charged and so much. I'd always have a four five eight ever four eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much, such a better car. Yeah, yeah. But for YouTube, for YouTube. Basically, Tony was impersonating me right then. By the way, that was literally what I say to him every day. <laughs> but um, it, 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 that car just how it makes you feel is yeah. incredible. Instead of Ferrari, and for a turbocharged car, I don't think it sounds bad at all. I have to say they're very boring answers and very you answers, but fair enough. Two RS. Okay, so let's spider. flip the coin then. What about you? Bring it. Um. I actually know that I couldn't get an 812. I mean, I, I, let's pretend like on your 2RS getting one from factory, even if I got offered an 812 slot, I'm not going to be able to afford it for 250 grand. Because you couldn't buy one for 250. Couldn't buy one. I mean, I'm screwed. Like, you could go in and ask for an 812 and it's already over 250 yeah, grand. Yeah, so so that's, that's, out. Out, that's out the window. Um, so what would I buy? <laughs> two cars. I'm not going to say Challenge Stradale, <laughs> even though it's in my budget. <laughs> um, two cars for 250 grand. Um... Old Albert Stopcock here. Come on. Albert Stopcock? Come what on. What does that mean? It's just slang for... Okay, so... Give it large. I would actually get a GT3 RS based on my experience of this trip. He's been in it two hours on the motorway. <laughs> and the faces he was pulling. You wait till we get on the B roads, mate. <laughs> because I've kind of gone on this Porsche journey now that I've fallen in love with the brand and I understand the brand a bit better and the GT car products especially I'm obsessed with. They're so good. And it is just a fantastic car. Yeah. And from the two hours, because this is record, we're recording this on Thursday evening we've just arrived in Dublin. Um, I got out of the AMG GTR into the GT3 RS and it was just better in every way already. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Um, so yes, I would have a GT3 RS. I would probably not spec it black. No offence, but none taken. All different. All different. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely go dark green. Uh, like everyone else. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> um, and then what would my other car be? It's going to be a Ferrari. If it's not going to be an 812, it's probably going to be a 488 as well. Cause it's got to be. It's got to be. like That's the thing is... I know this is boring and I know the internet hates the 488 because it's a misunderstood car and Alejandro stops slagging it off. Oh, Tony's drunk, knocking over the microphone again. Hold they, on a second, sir. Hold on a second. They hate it because they haven't experienced it, half of them. Well, More yeah. than half of them. A lot of them have on YouTube, but the commenters don't. Well, yeah, exactly. I've that's what I'm saying. myself up. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I'm saying there's a lot of negative reviews out there as well. People driving it and slagging it off. But they're not Ferrari. They're not real Ferrari fans. 
They don't, don't know care. what the prancing horse is like. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> That's the prancing horse. <laughs> That's so, a horse. Yeah. Oh anyway, my God. Moving, moving on. Um, Are you still Because, yeah, because the thing is, like, I wouldn't have a Portofino. No. I wouldn't have a GTC4 Luso. No. 812 I can't afford. No. So I'm left with the 488. Yeah. Because I don't want, I'm not going to buy a Speciale for 250 grand unless no. it's a left hooker and let's just pretend we're not doing that. Yeah. I don't want a 458. Don't want a Scud. Challenge for that I ruled myself out of. What else am I going to get? Nothing. Nothing. So 488 is, I've got to have a Ferrari, haven't I? And I genuinely think when I'm in it, I do think it's as good as it is. I don't want a Huracan. I don't want a 720S. But what else is there? <laughs> no, there isn't. There's like, I don't want a DB11. Like, there's nothing. There's anyone? <laughs> DB11 V8 is sick. And the AML is supposed to be really good, Tony, so sit down. <laughs> um, but, but that's the thing is, I, I genuinely think at that echelon... There isn't much to choose from. There's not a lot to choose from, and the 48 for me is always going to be the one. What about you use the Venzador? Oh, my God. <laughs> get out. Tony's Lamborghini loving is making me feel no, sick. No, I don't You're love spending him. too much time with TG and Archie. Stop. <laughs> And speaking to Paul Wallace on WhatsApp, why are you talking about Aventadors? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm telling you, used Aventadors caught for a million quid. The only one I would look at as an SV, and I would drive it once a year. Yeah, because you can only drive it once yeah, a year. Yeah, and not in London. But, no. <laughs> I mean, like, it is not in London. I would just fucking take it to a proper road, because the only thing that car is good for is an absolute thrashing once. That is such a good-looking car, though, the SV. Oh, my God. Jog on, Tony. Hon What's wrong with honestly, you, mate? Honestly, the presence of it is unbelievable. I yeah. Don't, I don't I don't want to drive it. I don't want to own you it. You just want to look at it? Mate, they're so good it's to look at. It's the poster car of our generation. It's a proper poster car. It's literally car. the poster car of our generation. Literally. When we are, in 50 years' time, we will all be trying to buy event stores. Yeah. Because it's the McLaren F1 of our generation, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I find that really interesting. I was speaking to somebody the other day. We talked about it when we went to collect your GT3 RS. Um, my obsession with 90s and naughty supercars. That those were the cars I grew up with. And so now, those are the cars that I want. As amazing as modern day supercars are, the cars that I really lust after are the ni 90s and noughties mm. cars. And I can understand now why 40 or 50 year old men are buying 80s, 70s and 80s supercars because it is Cosworths as well like stupid values for cars that were just you know Testarossas and things like that mm. because those are the cars that people grew up with mm. and when you get into a position where you can buy nice cars and nice things I guess you want the stuff that you wanted when you were a kid yeah right? yeah your poster car I would happily if I won the Euro Millions just fill an air hanger full of like just weird 90s and noughties cars Tommy Mackin edition Evos Tommy Mackin Clio Evos. V6s Supras why not? Like a fucking OG Fast and Furious Renault 5 Supra. Turbos. Oh, that's a bit before my time, so I'm ageing you a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Tony is just 29. Um, just. We need to move on uh, away from the 250 grand supercars and talk about something that's just happened literally in the last few hours whilst we're here. It will be old news by the time this podcast goes out. But Matt LeBlanc has announced he's leaving Top Gear. Yeah. Thoughts, please, Tony. Are you going to get interviewed? No, what? For what? Mate, you'd be so good. Mate, stop. <laughs> it's very very kind of you but I'm actually joking oh <laughs> well, that's embarrassing um, what do you think though what, have you been enjoying Matt LeBlanc on Top Gear are you sad what do you think is happening with that show what do you think the future is he he is a he's an actor actor ha actor and he he I always thought he didn't really fit um, and that everything was a bit staged um, yeah, I don't think he. It was a good fit. Do you think he was enjoying himself? 
No, because mm. I think he was. It was all scripted. Because mm. you remember the old Top Gear. I know it was more scripted later on because you could tell, but they all used to really bounce off each other well, and that in recent years in the new format that's all gone, and he would be part of the reason for that because that's that's his job. That's what he does. He's an actor. Chemistry takes a while to build, though, I think. And yeah. I did feel like Chris Harris and Matt LeBlanc were starting to build some chemistry, whether it was real or fake. I kind of liked their interactions. So did I'm you? A li- Yeah, I did. Yeah. I started... Now, okay, this is this needs a whole other podcast because I've never, ever talked about it on Scene Through Glass, I don't think. Um, but, you know, uh, I actually did... Uh, I don't know how to phrase this now because I've never talked about it. Uh, I went... Uh, I did a lot of auditions <laughs> for Top Gear USA. You uh, did. I actually got down. Uh, it, anyway, long story short, I okay. That deserves a whole podcast, doesn't it? So yeah, basically, I, I well, very we nearly talk about this for forty-five minutes. Yeah, I very nearly did uh, Top Gear USA. Uh, it was a really exciting process, and we will talk about it in another podcast. Um, but obviously, uh, the final cast involved an actor, um, and so I was in uh, some of the final auditions with him, and it was really interesting to see how that worked because the rest of us at that stage, actually, there were two actors. Um, again, I'm going to save it all for the other podcast. But it's very interesting to see an actor be a TV presenter yeah. because they needed prompts. Yeah. They needed to understand the scene, the setting. He would say things like um, to the director or, or the producer, um, okay, so talk me through the scene. Uh, what's he saying? What's his opinion? Where's the room? What's the thing? And he'd go, okay, guys. Okay, okay. And he'd, wa- and he'd like walk into the scene and like and then cut and out. It was very different. It was acting. It was acting. Like he was getting in a zone sort of thing. Yeah, yeah and he was yeah, playing yeah. a character of himself. A character, and and I do think Matt LeBlanc might have been I think doing so. something similar. Yeah. But I am sad to see him go. Um, I much preferred Grand Tour Season 2 to Top Gear Season 2, yeah. if you think of uh, the, yeah, yeah. the three of them. Um my honest opinion and advice is that they now need to just stop that show for a couple of years, take a break, regenerate it, come back totally fresh. Maybe a new lineup or at least with a new format. But who who would fill his shoes? Well, like, I don't think you can. I, that's what I mean. Like, it, and it's just going to get even more and more tired. They're going to have to try and start a whole new chemistry. It's just, you know, and I've seen some really kind tweets and obviously comments from Tony um, about, you know, <laughs> different YouTubers, you know, all of us YouTubers. Oh, you got to go this guy and, and even like Carl Pervert and people like that. But I don't think that's right either. I think YouTubers do their thing on YouTube. I think it's very different to Top Gear. I think yeah. they should stay on YouTube. Um, and I think Top Gear's got to be its own thing. Um, so yes, that, that's. I'm sad to see him go. I think they need to take a break. Um, and I promise we will do a Top Gear USA special at some point because um, it was a fascinating experience. And yeah, sorry that I've never talked about it before. I think and contra- was, it was close. I'm it, contractually, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to actually talk about it, but I have, haven't I? I well, should probably. You check. Only, well, I'll cut this out if it's not allowed. Yeah, you but, only like edged around it, mate. Like you didn't really. Yeah. You just said you was offered the offered. American the lawyers are really scary. Yeah, they are actually. <laughs> Contract was this big. <laughs> anyway, more to come on that. Um, final, final thing. Uh, Formula One. Let's just do a quick uh, recap of Formula One because it's been a, a few weeks since we've done any F1 related podcast chats. Uh, Monica Grand Prix, if you can call it Grand Prix. Uh, did you watch the whole thing? I did watch the whole. Oh, thing. Oh, well done. With Archie. Oh, oh God. my. <laughs> well, really God. well done. That must have been very painful. Obviously, sitting in my ear saying he, he if he was, he would have won he, it. He'd win. He'd, I'd, I'd, I'd win. I raced him in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, More like he crashed. <laughs> Probably knowing him. <laughs> um, uh, any thoughts? I mean, did you have any thoughts on it? Well, what? 
I mean, Ricardo just ploughed round and no one really batted an eyelid or... I mean, he had a broken car. Yeah. Now, I love Formula 1, don't get me wrong, and I actually did enjoy the Grand Prix because I just enjoy all Grand Prix. Like, I'm one of those guys that... Okay, here's the comparison I want to make. Do you enjoy nil-nil football games? No. No, not at no. all. Never. Never. No. Even if it's really close, lots no. of opportunities, no, lots of drama. You, you go for the goals. You okay. go. That's the reason where you if no one scores, then there's the atmosphere dies. It's just a bit boring. That's what I compare processional Formula One races to, nil nil football draws. Because they do happen every now and again. You know, it's it's in sport, things like that happen. You get nil nil football, you get processional F one races. Monaco does tend to be a processional F one race. But every now and again, you get a special one. And I think it's that that possibility, that chance, there's going to be a bit of madness at Monaco. We saw it when Lewis did that extra pit stop by mistake and Rosberg ended up getting the victory. Yeah. We saw it when Ricardo came into the pits and the tyres weren't there and he ended up losing it. We've seen wet races when Hamilton bashed into the barriers in 2008 and then ended up winning the race. You know, we've seen those crazy races. However, the majority of them are boring as hell. What depressed me about this, as amazing as the result was, because I love Danny Ricardo. Yeah, he's me too. Really becoming one of my favourite drivers, yeah. if not right up there with it's Lewis. His char- it's his character. He's just brilliant. It, yeah. but he's exciting to watch. Mm. Um, is that at any other track, he would not have finished slash he would have been overtaken by Vettel and all these different people he would have, yeah. so quickly. And the problem was, this comes down to a bigger F1 issue in my mind. They were all managing tyres because they didn't want to stop again. Verstappen proved that if you have the speed deficit, you can overtake in Monaco. Yeah. He did it coming through the field with the back markers. He got past five or six cars because he had the speed deficit. He 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 on the he was the best he'd done the best drive. Yeah, it was exciting up until lap fifteen when he caught up with Alonso, whoever it was, and then couldn't get any couldn't get any further. Yeah, yeah. But but the first few moves were great and really exciting. Vettel had that speed advantage over Ricardo. Yeah. He was a little bit too scared to go for the move because I think he knew Ricardo would be feisty as hell. And also, he didn't want to wear out his tyres by following closely and burning up the rubber because yeah. he would have had to have stopped again, would have gone to the back and wouldn't have been able to make the move. So, yeah. uh, I a lot of people are like, oh, get, get rid of Monaco, it's crap. But it, as I say, when there's a nil-nil football game, people don't go, oh, reinvent football, it's crap. Yeah, yeah. Shit happens, let's move on. It's Barcelona was dull as well. It's just sometimes you just have boring races. Yeah. So so I think uh, we've got to move on. I think Canada will be great. I love Canada. It's I think fast track Canada. It's a great track. There's yeah, always yeah. a bit of drama. Um, and I think that, the again, the top three teams will be pretty evenly matched. Um, so I'm enjoy- are you enjoying F1 this season? Only because there are three teams evenly matched. Finally. With three different winners. Yeah. Two wins each. With three really good drivers as well. They're all top, top draw yeah. drivers as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm, I'm very happy that Ricardo's beating Verstappen. <coughs> Sorry for all the Verstappen fans out there. Uh, he's just got to sort his life out. But for now, I'm a team Ricardo. Uh, he's, he, he, he's got a screw loose. Yeah. It's, he's like, crazy. He's fucking crazy. But he's only a kid though, right? No, it's not an excuse. Not an excuse? Not an excuse. Okay, sort right. out you and F1. Um, <laughs> anyway, not Verstappen hater. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Uh, it's been great to get back and have a bit of a chat. Uh, we've banged on about uh, supercars that are, are very unrelatable and unaffordable for the majority of us, except Tony. Um, <laughs> so I hope you've stuck with us and I hope you have found it interesting. Uh, as I say, I promise we will do a, a Top Gear USA uh, episode soon. Um, if you're watching us here on YouTube, 
hit subscribe, turn on notifications. Uh, make sure you're checking in for new episodes, hopefully every week. If you're listening to us, again, follow us on whatever platform you are listening to us on. And you can follow Tony at Gravelwood Car Sales. You can follow me at Seen Through Glass. We'll catch up with you very soon. Any yeah. final words? No, goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.